welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for a new show picked by you called Fargo. I know this is based off of a movie by the Coen brothers, and that is about uh, 1996 is when it came out. That's all I know, and I barely remember the movie. I don't remember it being bad, but I don't necessarily recall it being anything that made me uh, write home about. I'm sure other people might have felt differently. But I am intrigued to get into the series because it did have interest. So because this is the first time we are heading into a new series, let's go ahead and take a look behind the curtains. Just want to ask peers, maybe grab a pencil, take some notes. I'm about to drop knowledge. So let's go ahead and give credit where credit is due. Um... This is a anthology crime drama thriller and black comedy created by Noel Hawley based on Fargo by Joel and Ethan Cohen. Uh, season one does star Billy Bob Thornton as Lorne Malvo, Le- uh, Martin Freeman as Lester Nygaard. Molly Servison is Solverson is played by Allison Tolman and Gus Grimley is played by Colin Hanks. Those are our main characters. Um, I'm sure there's some other characters that I have not mentioned in the first season, but unfortunately it doesn't really break it down for me. Well, yeah, it doesn't really break it down for me uh, more so than just the, the main cast. But there were some familiar faces that I did recognize, even if I don't recall the actor's name. Uh, The show does consist of 10 episodes. I believe in the fourth season, it has 11. Uh, It does have four seasons. It is going to be different cast each season. So as the seasons go on, we'll give credit where credit is due. It has received a lot of nominations and uh accolades except for the fourth season that also happens to be an all black led season but who knows maybe the fourth season simply is inferior to the three predecessors we shall see executive producers are noah holly warren littlefield Joel and Ethan Cohen, Adam Bernstein, Geyer Kostnis, John Cameron, and Leslie Cohen. Producers are Kim Todd, Chad Oaks, Michael Frislev, Eric Holmberg, and I believe that's pretty much all. Cinematography is Dana Gonzalez and Matthew J. Lloyd. I've covered it all. Original network being FX. So let's go ahead and get into this first episode. The Crocodile's Dilemma was written by Noah Hawley and directed by Adam Bernstein. Premiered April 15th of 2014. And I gave this episode an 8 out of 10. Because of how well the performances were. I guess that's like an airplane going over my house right now. Like, way close. 
I am rather close to the airport. Um, <laughs> I usually still don't hear them like I just heard it in that moment. But yeah, I, I, the performances in this episode maybe give it a higher rating, but I will say it was slow going and it kind of felt really long in this first episode. It felt like I was watching an hour and a half movie versus the premiere but it had to set the the stage for what's coming next so I kind of understand it even if I critique it (laughs) they start off with this is a true story these events took place in Minnesota of 2006 names have been changed at the request of the survivors and I was like did I stumble into a law and order episode this is not true which was the same per the movie none of these are factual things the man driving Lorne Malvo hits a deer and crashes the car allowing the man trapped in the trunk in his boxers to escape out in the freezing abyss of night I want to break free Malvo calmly gets out of the car after he hit his head on the steering wheel saw the dead deer and walked on his merry little way we meet our tighter little character lester who isn't listening to his wife about his brother's get together but the washing machine that sounds like it's gonna implode that's too many towels is what i was thinking but sure it's problem with something else his wife mentions how his brother got money and a promotion so clearly she married the wrong nygaard as it's clear lester is less successful she tells him basically do and dress better they continues to compare him to his brother chaz who also fixes things around the house the minnesota brawny man is what he's being pimped out to be lester goes to take a look at the dryer or at the washer and that's about all he does before driving to work selling life insurance sign says in his basement what if they're wrong and you're right something to that effect i knew that would come into play he tries to make a sale and is really bad at it before staring morosely later in the window seeing a washer he cannot afford before being accosted by his high school bully sam hess and his two sons tweedle d and dumb and uh, Hess is all about calling him a pencil dick and telling him that his wife of 18 years gave him a hand job in high school. I'm not sure why you need to run around and exist, sir, and relive the fact that you can bully someone that you did in high school. Like, that's what your life is about now. You're so much bigger, though. He also used his last name as a derogative term for a black man, while Mo and Mick, or Mickey chuckle. He continues to regale his boys with stories of how he tortured Lester. He scares him into running into the window behind him and crushing his nose. He ends up in the emergency room with Malvo. Great Fago, y'all, is delicious crack. I don't even buy it. That's how good it is because I would just guzzle it. Warm but cold, just 
Mm, perfection. He asks what happened, and he tells him Sam Hess was a bully that hasn't stopped bullying him. And Mavo says, You let a man <laughs> beat you in front of his children. Mavo tells him if it were him, he would have killed the man for his long standing abuse. While Lester him hauls over the punishment he deserves, Malvo is dead ass serious. Kill him, do it, shoot him. There's a lot of heck in this episode, and I'm guessing because you don't say hell because that's blasphemous. Heck, he says, maybe you should. <laughs> I couldn't even get over saying the word heck. Uh, just kill him for me. He doesn't give him a yes or a no, simply follows the impatient ass nurse. Like, should I do it or should I not do it? Give me a yes or a no. If you really meant not to do it, you would have emphatically said no. Just period. Like, it was a joke. No. But you said, in case this man is serious, sure. And walked away by being noncommittal and not committing to it. But you really did. I can never live in Minnesota. All that negative degree weather. Just not about it. We do meet the chief played or named Vern Walker, played by the character Aaron Wright in The Expanse. He meets with Molly finding the abandoned car after the wreck. He quickly finds the blood and the deer in the trunk before they follow the footprints into the woods to find the man frozen to death because I don't know why he thought to go into the woods instead of, I mean, when I realized that guy had went the other way, I would have went in the woods, stood there for maybe a few seconds, because it's negative whatever out here. It's really fucking cold. I don't know. I guess the adrenaline, maybe. I get that him being freaked the fuck out and running, but I think after I got to the cover of said woods, because he got real deep in there, I would have stood there, saw if I was being pursued, then went back to that fucking car and try to find something to put on my body and then follow the road back to natural civilization. I don't know what the fuck he thought going deeper into the woods was going to help him. But that's just me thinking rationally. <laughs> if I were ever kidnapped and put in the trunk of somebody's car. I, I go through a lot of scenarios in my, in my head. Whatever could possibly be, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole and think about it. Fern goes home to his pregnant wife who still can't decide the color of the nursery. Oh, the mundane life. But it's their life and they're happy with it. Malvo shows up at Hess's and after meeting the sons, finally meets the man himself whose restraint must be contained at work. Malvo tells him he just wanted to look at him before smiling and walking away. That would scare the piss out of me. Calm crazy motherfuckers that have no qualms about calling one of my children stupid as fuck and that their IQ needs to be tested in front of me and knowing who I am. I mean, I would be a little concerned. That's someone who can talk it and definitely back it up. Lester and wifey go to his wealthier brother Chaz's home where the son slams the door in his face. I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Let one of my nephews do that shit. Not only would he get beat by my ass, he would get beat by my mother. <laughs> like, no, you didn't just slam the door in your auntie's face. You've lost your mind. 
I don't care if it was on Rachel Ray. You are sexually molesting that dead piece of meat that's supposed to be him, but I don't see any resemblance. Chaz takes his brother to the garage and admits that his son may have autism because they took him to a doctor because he draws on the wall and pisses in a mason jar at night. It's like, what's that all about? I don't know, being a child? He uh, shows him some ridiculous and illegal gun collection because he's American and pays taxes. So he should, he has the right to own a weapon and a stockpile because that's just what you do. Lester promptly breaks it because he didn't know it was that heavy when he was asked to hold it. And that's when Chaz lets him have it saying his wife is about done with him. He's moping and at 40 years old, he needs to get his life together apparently when he punches his brother for treating him so disrespectfully his wife disparages him for it malvo works for someone who has many phones he assures him the job is complete and he will be back in duluth in a day or so after completing personal business for a new anxious client this is what i'm intrigued by like what kind of criminal organization is going on out here he follows hess malvo in a, into a strip club and when he slips off for some side booty catches a knife to the back of the head i don't know why bullies feel as if one day someone won't catch them outside slipping it's just your behavior has upped the chances of this being your inevitable conclusion to life so on one hand the man just doesn't deserve to die but on the other hand he didn't do he did everything to ask for it Vern is called to the scene with molly picking him up bill threw up in the parking lot cause of death she said what should i write self-explanatory has trucking is tied to organized crime business in fargo which i guess ties back to the movie or you know this town to the town of the movie or where the movie was i don't know malvo checks into leroy's motel where the owner is cursing out a boy for thinking changing sheets means shaking them out and moving them from bed to bed he fucks with her when she wants to charge extra for a pet because what defines a pet what if i got bacteria she's like what if you need another hotel to stay at he's got a knack for influencing people that are talked down to telling the boy if someone talked to me like that i would piss in their uh or someone did talk to me like that and i pissed in their gas tank then he calls the owner to report him there he's flirting with the devil he's like lucifer whispering in their ears and then they just be like you know what that makes a whole lot of sense at the diner molly has done good police work the next morning and chief thinks she'll be his replacement despite bill's seniority as he cleans his gun with bubble bath and that she's doing the real work mrs hess played by kate walsh whom i hope i don't have to see very often because i'm not a kate walsh fan is both upset and insulting of her deceased husband fargo is sending out men to deal with hess's death malvo calls to speak with mickey saying he is from his dad's estate and that his dad gave everything to his favorite second born mo just as molly and Vern show up he does this once again just to fuck with them like he is absolutely uh malevolent 
Mickey takes Bo outside and starts beating him with a hockey stick that actually put him in the hospital, broke his collarbone and everything. How easily people can be influenced. Uh, Molly witnesses and tackles Mickey to his mom's amusement. On the drive to work, Lester spots Malvo at Leroy's Inn and learns from his boss later on to pull house's policy because he was murdered. You know, I haven't seen Billy Bob Thornton in anything in a long time. I loved him in Sling Blade. That was one of my favorite movies. Still is one of my favorite movies. Um, he's a really good actor. I like the way he even, when he came in and sat down, it's like he was murdered? How does that make you feel? Because <laughs> you killed him. And I was like, nope, I've watched a lot of shows discussing wanting someone dead with a stranger. And going to the police right now will fix the situation instead of feeling pressurized down this rabbit hole. Even though in a lot of ways he did not not tell him to kill him. He tells Lester he's more a man today than he was yesterday seeing as they're apes. And if they don't remind themselves of such then they get washed away in the red tide. You gotta be a man. Vern gets a call from wifey who wants the walls repainted white. Just as he's on his way home, Molly calls and has a lead as the nurse saw Malvo and Lester talking about Hess. And I'm thinking, what kind of ear hustling was she doing to catch the whispering of that conversation from that far away at the desk? But I had a sinking feeling in my stomach the minute she wants to go question Lester. Vern decides to go because he knows the man. This turns out to be a fatal decision. And she was very sad not to follow up herself, but he also unwittingly gave his life for hers in that moment because whoever showed up, the events that unfolded were going to unfold and whoever came in were not going to make it. At home, Lester tries to be a man and fix the washing machine without even the benefit of a YouTube video. And wifey been berating him for so long 18 years in fact that she literally inserts knives saying she can't look at him during sex and that he's a loser he tells her to take it back or what or what you get a fucking hammer in the face it didn't even cross her mind to shut the fuck up so he murders her viciously all the while saying oh geez i tried so Once again, while I do not condone murder, just leave the bitch if she's that annoying to you. You deciding to reinforce the behavior he has known his entire life from everyone that he knows. At some point, do y'all not think he might crack? Do, do you not? This is 2000 and whatever. There's enough of it out there at this point, 2014. <laughs> that we know that we don't fuck with them quiet kids because they will shoot up a fucking school or murder you or the entire neighborhood just stop it treat them with love and care but mostly with care he went to work quick though on the cover-up he took off them clothes knew exactly what to do to hide the weapon but it probably was just instinct before calling the motel to speak with malvo don't even ask for him first it's like i did a bad thing well she gonna remember getting that damn call 
great performance here on the phone as he's freaking the fuck out he's like he's sobbing he can't believe what he has done Malvo is practically thrilled like yeah sure i'll come over and witness what my push produced my little push even meek white men have shotguns in predominantly caucasian areas white militias against uh, integration in some areas are definitely a thing so is owning one without having any clue on how to use it seems lester plans on pointing the finger at malvo and blaming him he was not expecting to see the chief of police at his door though lester is the worst liar in the universe which Vern quickly picks up on that and the arterial spray that leads directly to the basement in pearl's dead body lester panics and claims it wasn't him that's how real people act when they busted they talk nonsensical shit out of their mouth like i just came home even though i've been acting like i killed her this entire time <laughs> just as Vern calls for backup malvo shows up with lester's shotgun and kills him lester lies about having additional shells truly intending to set malvo up as the killer which for all but one murder is true even though he did correlate all of the events that did lead to all these murders again all he did was whisper in his tiny little ear however malvo is no fool as the police arrive he already got ghosts framing him for it all poor molly finds her mentor's dead body while lester hides downstairs considering what to do contemplating the poster that comes full circle he knocks himself out to look like another victim as molly and backup get downstairs Aw, he bought the paint for his baby's room. Molly makes the notification. And out of all the devastation, you see the true tragedy of it all. Duluth, Minnesota, Officer Grimley talks to his daughter over the police radio while on duty and lights up for a speeding vehicle. He writes down the license plate and approaches Malvo. Malvo gives him a choice. Go home to your daughter. And know you made a choice not to go down the rabbit hole and chase these dragons which will ultimately lead to your death or let them go malvo drives away leaving grimly shooketh question though why is your walkie so fucking loud you pretty much gave him the ammunition to question whether or not he was gonna get shot tonight and who had authority in that moment and it wasn't him but he also was telling them facts like i'm gonna kill you and you can either let me go or i can murder you and in some way i mean it's like are you going to die for what you believe in in that moment or are you going to go home and be a parent to your child it's a real devastating question to ask in that moment and probably he thought he knew the answer up until it actually happened that's why i always say morality is in the mind but i have a feeling it's gonna haunt him especially when it come, becomes clear as an officer how many people this man has killed. Lester wakes up in the hospital with the same wound from Vern's discharge, I believe, that pretty much ties him to being upstairs and not downstairs when the shooting happened. Molly's dad tries to get her to quit being a police officer to become a hostess while fishing, but she declines and decides to go back to work because now she has a fire lit under her ass 
and she's gonna take these men down unless they're pretty much i mean it all leads to your doorstep so you got to answer some questions you better come up with a good ass story we shall see on a premiere though if you want to send feedback for the next episode blackoutcouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share subscribe until next time peace hair grease and blackout magic